Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Maybe it's time to deal with the old lie, the old error, the thing that got us off track, us meaning mankind in general, us, meaning every one of us today, we can all fall prey to the old lie. The old lie, the old error, that there's something better than God. It was the original lie in the Garden of Eden that there is something more, something better than what God has to offer. To believe that, Satan had to convince mankind that God did not really care about them that he was holding out on them. He didn't want them to have that which was within their reach. There's something better than God. That's the whisper of the enemy. That is the root of all sin, that somehow God has not been good to us, that he's withheld something good from us. So when hurricanes come, when wars come, When earthquakes shake, bombs explode, mass shootings happen, when poverty, want, neglect, and abuse take place, the world and media are quick to point out where was God in all of this. And in so doing, they fall prey to that old lie that there's something better than God. Hello, my name is Ken Gurley, and all of this week on Daily Devotion, we are talking about serving God with our whole heart. And to do that, we need to address this old lie. Let's start with this premise, God is love. That God's greatest affinity is to love, to care for, to be near, to draw close to us. That God does not just love, he is love. But the accuser of the brethren would have us to believe that God, the God who is good all the time, has somehow let us down, that he ignores our needs, he neglects us, he turns his back on us when we need him the most. The enemy would have you and I believe that old error, that original lie, that there's something better than God. How do I know that I believe this lie? How do I know that the enemy has made inroads into my life? How can I tell if beneath my fifth rib, beneath the mask and facade, beneath my Words and my protestations beneath my songs and my testimonies. How can I know if I really believe that there's something better than God? There's one word, emptiness. If we feel empty, it's a sign that we believe there's something better than God. Solomon is credited with three books in the Bible. Tradition says Solomon wrote the Song of Solomon when he was a young man. Speaks of first love, romance, carved initials in the trunk of an old apple tree. Solomon, away from the palace, hidden in the robes of a common shepherd, falls in love with the shepherdess, blinded to the challenges that would await them, but so indicative of first love. What the church of Ephesus left behind in Revelation 2. The first love that says, I'll go where you want me to go, God. 
I'll do what you want me to do. Because this is first love, the same first love that caused Solomon to offer a thousand sacrifices at Gibeon. First love puts its all on the altar. First love says, I will lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily beset me, that nothing is done out of duty or obligation, but everything is a delight. For you stole my heart, Lord. So tradition says that Solomon wrote this book of first love, the book of Solomon, when he was a young man. Tradition also says that Solomon wrote Proverbs at middle age, a king dispensing divine wisdom. You remember he had asked God for wisdom. God said, because you've asked correctly, I will give you that wisdom. Wisdom that would amaze the queen of Sheba. Wisdom that would cause people to come from far and near to hear the words that spilled from Solomon's mouth. Wiser than Ethan, the Bible says he was wiser than Heman, Calcol, Darda, the sons of Mahal. He composed 3,000 proverbs. He composed over 1,000 songs. He spoke of trees and plants. He was an arborist and a botanist. He spoke of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. He was a biologist, a poet, a psalmist. Why? His priorities were right. He had asked God for wisdom and God gave it to him. But God said, Solomon, because you've asked for wisdom, I'll also give you riches and honor, longevity, a long life. And from these incidental blessings, these things that all of us pursue, the incidental became accidental, stepping stones became stumbling blocks. And as the years passed, Solomon struggled. Do you know what Jesus said that life can be compared to 12 hours of the day? And so long as there is light, we will not fall. We will not stumble. But if we try to walk in the darkness, then we will fall by the wayside. We can live too long. We can outlive our 12 hours of the day. We can outlive our wisdom. Solomon did that. He stumbled in the darkness and a wise man ended his life as a foolish man. Tradition says that Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes as an old man. We read of first love in the Song of Solomon. We read of wisdom in Proverbs. Then we witness the many, many mistakes Solomon made in his latter years, and we grow to understand that there is a lie out there that can attack the wisest of us all. Spiritual success today does not guarantee success tomorrow. And we enter into the dark world of Ecclesiastes the final book that Solomon wrote. And the theme is vanity or emptiness. Have you grown as intrigued as I during this season that we're living and enduring? Have you watched people, how they're reacting, what's happening all over the world, their responses to the pressures and strain of a 21st century world? I have watched people as they've found their places of refuge, and they look toward things that satisfy them. And you realize that the modern world has grown empty, devoid of all charms. Family takes on new meanings, being together, holding one another close, staying in touch with one another. Why? Because we sense the emptiness of a modern world and that there is an aching chasm within us, 
that can only be filled by God himself. Isn't that what Augustine said centuries ago? Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Solomon, this young man that was lost in love in the Song of Solomon, this man that was so wise as an adult in Proverbs. In Ecclesiastes, he sets out on a pursuit to see if he can find if there's anything better than God. The opening chapters of Ecclesiastes describe Solomon's search for something better than God. He sought for happiness as an end to itself. He gave himself over to the pursuit of joy, not realizing that joy and peace are byproducts, byproduct of a life lived before God. What he found was emptiness. He sought for meaning in industry, the works of his hands. Read how busy he got in the second chapter of Ecclesiastes. Look at the action verbs there. I made great works. I built houses. I planted vineyards. I made myself gardens and parks and orchards. I made myself pools from which watered forests. The result? Emptiness, vanity, worthlessness. Solomon in Ecclesiastes sought for meaning and prosperity. He said, I enlarged the number of my servants. I enlarged my herds and my flocks more than anybody else. I amassed a great wealth of silver and gold. I I used that money to hire singers and musicians and entertainers. I had chariots, horses, and armies. Solomon married 700 wives. There were 300 women in his harem. What's going on here? Long before Israel had a king, God gave clear instructions for the man who would be king. He said, don't amass horses. Don't multiply wives. Don't accumulate silver and gold. Or you will begin to trust in your own might. And you will follow the foreign gods of those women you love. You will rely on yourself more than God. And that's exactly what Solomon did. The man who wrote the book on wisdom, the man who warned his son not to follow strange women. The Bible says as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord, his God. You see, when you follow other gods, you're saying there's something better than God. When you pursue a relationship that is not godly, you're saying There's something better than God. Yet God used Solomon to write this one last book. He said, I searched for meaning. I searched for happiness. But all I found was emptiness. Emptiness is what we feel when we try to fill our lives with anything other than God. Emptiness is what the idolater feels who has elevated something before God. Solomon said, everything I searched for was meaningless. There was emptiness. It was chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Stuff won't take the place of God. Fame won't take his place. Money won't take the place of God. Busyness won't take the place of God. Knowledge, eloquence, wit, charm, looks, fashion, elegance, none of it will take the place of God. I do these devotions from Houston, Texas. Howard Hughes was one of the famed billionaires of this area, gave himself over to fame, to Hollywood, to accomplishment. 
but died in misery. Boris Becker, tennis star, won Wimbledon twice as a young man, but was unhappy. He said, I had no inner peace. I was a puppet on a string. The American dream is a lie. Famed author Jack Higgins once said, when you get to the top, there's nothing there. That's what Solomon was saying. There's nothing there. Because here's the truth that each of us must embrace that dispels the original lie. There is nothing better than God. This world will try to satisfy that longing in your soul. But only Jesus can satisfy your soul. David and Bathsheba called their son Solomon. But Nathan the prophet renamed that child. He called him Jedidiah, the beloved of God. You see, God loved Solomon, even though Solomon did not fully love him. This is our hope. It's the gospel. It's the good news for us today as it was with Solomon. At the end of the old man's book, at the end of Ecclesiastes, Solomon comes to his senses and he says, here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, love him, follow him. One translation says, this is what we were all created for. Another says, this is what it means to be human. Another, this is the whole man. It's wrapped up in the Lord. Let the fame, let the popularity, let the stuff and things fall away. Gaze on him. Because there is nothing, absolutely nothing, better than God. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.